Well, do please be seated. We can turn to uh, two passages this evening, 1 Corinthians uh, 11, 17-34, and Matthew 28, 16-20. Uh, Those are in your service sheets, uh, which will probably make it easier than turning there if you want to turn there in your church Bibles. Uh, the, first, the first one, 1 Corinthians, is on page 901 of your church Bibles. So we're, we're continuing a series. So Richard started a new series last week for us on the essentials of the Christian church. Uh, we've been going through a series on the essentials of the Christian faith, and now we're, we're really turning to uh, why is it that we, that we exist as a church? Uh, what is it that we, we believe the church is called to? And so over the next three weeks, we're going to look at uh, three things that are called the, the marks of, a, of the church. Uh, three things that, that uh, historically, traditionally, uh, Christians have, have pointed to as if, if a church isn't doing these three things right, then, then it's not really a proper church. Uh, where the first one is, is of course, the, the proper preaching of God's word. Uh, and we're actually going to look at that one next week, uh, because I thought this week would be a good time to, to look at the second, which is uh, the, the administration of the sacraments. Uh, if you're not administering the sacraments properly, uh, then you're, you're not a, a proper, healthy church. Uh, and then the, the third one that we'll look at in, three, in, in a couple of weeks' time is, is uh, discipline. And, and actually uh, the, the practice of, of discipline within the church. Uh, that one, of course, is always uh, sounds a bit scary, but actually it's a, it's a wonderful thing uh, when, when put in the right context. So tonight we're looking at uh, this question, what is, what is a sacrament? And why is it that we, that we do the sacraments? Why, do, why are we going to have the Lord's Supper together in a few moments? And, and we, we learn why really in, in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 17 through 34, and then we're going to turn back to Matthew 28 uh, right after that. So, so two passages this evening, one really focusing on the Lord's Supper and the other on baptism. This is God's word. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you because you come together. When you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. But in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in, in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. 
If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when, he, we come, when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About other things, I will give directions when I come. And then from Matthew 28, uh, verses 16 through 20, and these are the words of, of Jesus. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forevermore. I wonder if you remember what Jesus did just before the Last Supper where he, he instituted what we, what we have as, as the Lord's Supper, what, we're, what we have before us tonight. Just before the, the Last Supper, Jesus gathered his disciples in the upper room and he washed their feet. And that was actually a, a bold thing to do. Peter, Peter resisted, didn't he, if you, if you remember the story. Uh, washing people's feet in the first century uh, was, a, was a, a, a menial task. Uh, people uh, wore sandals in those days. Their, their feet would be dirty and smelly. And so Jesus gets water and he gets a towel and he washes his disciples' feet. And I think it's important as we, as we think about the sacraments that we, that we appreciate this, this wider context. We tend to think about the sacraments as, as almost a, a magical thing, this, this thing that we, we, uh, that we uh, uh, view as, as sort of something we do to, to show our devotion to God and to, to stake a claim to his grace. But what Jesus' actions show us and what, what Paul really tells us and, and, and what Jesus says in, in the Great Commission, what his actions show us is, is that the sacraments primarily reflect Jesus' ministry to those that he loves. It's the ministry of Jesus to you and I his followers and his people. And that's actually what makes the sacraments both profound and mysterious. If you were an outsider looking at, at the sacraments, you might think that, that, that this, this thing before us tonight is, is just a, a, a really simple meal. Or maybe you'll look, you'd look at it and go, well, there's, there's some, some shot glasses of, of grape juice or wine, and there's, there's a loaf of bread that you'll pull a little bit off of. Uh, it's not even really a meal. It's almost a, a, a picture of a meal, isn't it? Or maybe you look at baptism and think, well, it's just kind of a, a sprinkling. It's a, it's a shower or, or a bath. You, as an outsider, you may look at these things and go, there's not much there. But when you stop and think about it for a moment, after a long, hard day, what is it that you, that you often long for? A meal and, and a bath, isn't it? Some of the most, most basic things, most, the most basic needs. And Jesus, Jesus takes these things and... and, and uses them to, to minister to us. It's the one who, who serves us that really matters in the sacrament. It's the one who, who we spiritually feed upon that actually makes all the difference. It's the, it's the one who washes and cleanses us. See, the whole point of the sacraments is not, it's not simply that they, they point us to Jesus, but that, that in them, and through the, the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus ministers to our hearts in a real and profound way. There's a lot that we could say about the, the sacraments tonight, uh, but it's just one sermon. 
and it's an introductory sermon, so uh, I can't and I won't say everything. You're welcome to come and talk to me after. But part of our struggle, I think, with the, the sacraments is that we, we really want to understand them, don't we? We really want to be able to, to explain it to our friends, what they're all about. We, we want to be able to wrap our minds around them and what's happening when we, when we come to this table before us this evening. And every time, and that's, that's an okay thing, actually, every time I, I lead uh, the sacraments, I, I try to learn something more about them. I'll try and read something uh, helpful. But I think what I, I really want us, uh, what, what we really need to grasp, what I really want us to, to see tonight, is that it's, it's more important that we're able to wrap our hearts around the sacraments more so than our heads. And by that I mean that, that we need to, to come to the sacraments by faith, recognizing that, that we, don't, we, we might not fully understand what's going on here, but we're trusting that, that Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is doing what he promises to do. That he's, he's at work in our hearts through them. That, that as, we, as we eat the bread and we drink the wine, that we're, we're feeding upon Christ in a, in a special way, in a dynamic way. That he's, he's actually ministering to us. And there's three things I want us to see this evening. First of all, uh, what is the sacrament? Secondly, uh, I want us to understand baptism. And then third, understand the Lord's Supper. Uh, that sounds like a tall, t- a tall task. I probably won't accomplish it, but it's a good start. Maybe we should start understanding these things. But first of all, what's, what's a sacrament? A, a sacrament is simply a, it's a holy ordinance, isn't it? It's an act that Christ commanded for his people, his church, to do. Uh, and the sacraments, again, we're, we're ministered to by Christ through the Holy Spirit, applying the grace of God to us. The Westminster Larger Catechism says that the, the sacraments exist to, to signify, seal, and show forth, exhibit the benefits of Christ and his mediation to us before God. That's a, that's a big sentence, isn't it? That, that the sacraments exist to, to signify, seal, and, and show forth, to, to exhibit to us the benefits of Jesus standing between us and God the Father. And, and being our mediator. See, the point of the sacraments are, are to actually be a, a practical and tangible picture for us of the work of Jesus on our behalf. We'll talk in a moment about the, the two elements of the sacrament, which are, are the outward sign and the inward seal. But I think the, the thing to, to underscore first and foremost is uh, that, we'll, we'll, that, that will probably help to, to clarify what a sacrament is in our minds. Is that we if we understand that, that the sacraments were given to those who were already God's people. The sacraments were given to those who were already following Jesus. They weren't given to those who wished to be God's people or wished to follow Jesus. And that's actually a critical distinction. The sacraments exist to mark out those who, who actually belong to God. They belong to, they're, they're God's people already. Because the sacraments are a sign of, of the intimacy between, between God and his people and between the individual and other believers. They're a sign and seal of our union with Christ and the unity of the body of Christ, his church. You see, in the sacraments, Jesus grows our faith in him and he, he, grows, he grows us in our understanding of his work and his grace. And this understanding of the sacrament contrasts with that of, of the way in which uh, the, the Catholic or, or most Orthodox churches tend to understand it. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is, is, is no disrespect to those in those churches, but I think it's important that we, that we recognize there's, there's a, a real contrast, there's a real difference between how we understand the sacraments and, and, the, and, and grace and how these other churches do. Uh, the difference is, is one of the reasons why the Reformation happened. Uh, there's a lot of history there. The Catholic Church at the, at the, the time of the Reformation was, was essentially teaching that, that in baptism you, re, you receive the grace of Jesus. But then when, you, when you, you, you start to lose that grace, when you sin, and so as you, as you sin, the, the, your, your grace meter sort of goes down. And so you need to, to top up that, that grace meter right so they would say you you have to to do these other sacraments you have to take communion to help top up your grace meter and they added about five more things to it like like confession uh uh even marriage was considered a, a sacrament uh these things that, that jesus hadn't actually instituted as separate sacraments but they were meant to top up your grace to establish your salvation more fully and folks that's not the reason or the purpose of sacraments the sacraments were given by Jesus out of, out of the abundance of his love and of his grace to minister to our hearts. It's there to increase and grow our faith in him, to help us to see his goodness and his love for us, and to mark us out as belonging to him. And I can't say that enough times. I've said it a few already. I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. There's something that Jesus has done for you. They're not something that we do for Jesus because there's nothing we can do to make him love us any more than he already does. This is why Paul is so strong in his warning about how people in the church in Corinth should come to the Lord's table. He's speaking to the to the church to to a church that uh, when they were coming to the Lord's table, it was it was in those days probably more like a, a proper meal. And they would come together and they would they would sit down uh, and they would they would take this meal together. But, but with this, this church that he's speaking to, when they came to the Lord's table, they weren't showing the, the unity of the, the believers that the believers have in Jesus. Rather, they're showing division between the, the haves and the have-nots. Some people were coming and, and they were indulging to excess, while others were left with nothing. They had to sit on the sides and, and watch others participating in, in the Lord's table. What Paul says is that you're, you're not actually enjoying the Lord's table at all. Paul, Paul warns the Corinthians to examine themselves before they come to the table, to see if they're in conflict with another member of Christ's church, and to be sure that they can, they can discern the body of Christ. And that's, a, that's actually a key phrase in verse 29. And there's actually a, a couple of ways to, to understand this phrase, uh, discerning the body. One is that we understand that the, the bread represents our Savior and his sacrifice, and in recognizing that, we, we place our faith in his work alone for our salvation and not in religious acts or, or good works. And that's something we should do when we come to the Lord's table. The other way of understanding this, this phrase, which, which I think makes probably more sense in, in the context, even though both ways of understanding it are true, but the second way is to, to understand it as, as discerning that we are part of the larger body of Christ, that we're part of the church. And as a member of the, the church, we're called to care for one another, to make sure there's, there's plenty for, for all to participate in the sacrament together, and not to, to come with divisions in our hearts or, 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 or in our practice. 
You see, the sacraments are, are for the whole church. It's not just for individuals. This is why we don't, we don't do private communions. This is why we don't uh, serve communion just to, to a bride and groom on their wedding day. But we take the supper together and we take it publicly. This is also why when we come to the table, I, I always give a warning to, to encourage you to, to examine your own heart before coming. This is what we call fencing the table. It's, it's where we say, you know, if you, if, you, if you have no clue what's going on here, it's best just to let the elements pass. It's actually okay not, not to take, especially if you're not sure what, what you believe concerning Jesus. But before we move on uh, to the individual sacraments themselves, there's, there's two parts to a sacrament that I mentioned earlier. There's, there's the, what's called the sensible outward sign. And then there's the inward spiritual seal that the sign signifies. Uh, the outward sign is the, the thing that Christ appointed for us to do, isn't it? In baptism, it's, it's the washing with water. And with, with the Lord's Supper, it's the, the eating of the bread and the, the drinking of the wine. It's a simple, practical thing that Jesus gave us to do. It's, a, it's an outward thing. It's, it's something that, that's very common. It's very simple, isn't it? But the mysterious bit is, is what this is doing in our own hearts. It's that, that inward seal. Paul indicates that there, there are benefits to the sacraments, doesn't he? As well as judgment for, for taking the sacrament in an unworthy manner in, in verses 29 to 32. It's not always easy for us to fully comprehend the benefits of the sacraments. But that's not a reason to, to neglect them, to not do them. Because again, the whole point of the sacraments is, is that Jesus is ministering to us. And that we receive that ministry through faith. And he's ministering to us through these means that he's appointed. And through the work of the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, that's not always dramatic, is it? But part of the work is, is, is calling us to obedience. And, and being obedient to keeping the sacraments. So what are, what are the two sacraments then? Let's look at it at our second point and, and look a little bit more at baptism tonight. We've, we've read in our passage from Matthew tonight that, that uh, Jesus commanded his disciples to go and to, to make other disciples, other followers of Jesus, and to, to baptize them in the name of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of places we could go to in order to understand baptism more. A few weeks ago we looked at, at Jesus' baptism in the morning service. But there's three things for us to see about baptism very briefly tonight. First of all, the importance of baptism. Secondly, the sign and the seal of baptism. And then thirdly, who is baptism for? So first of all, the importance of baptism. Notice how Jesus introduces the command to baptize those who follow him in verse 18. Look at what he says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus' last command to his disciples is to, to go to every nation on earth, making more followers of Jesus, baptizing them, teaching them to be obedient to him. We could say this about the Lord's Supper as well, but, but baptism matters because, because Jesus says it matters. He has uh, ordained it as one of the, the ways he ministers to his church, and he's established it under his full authority. We baptize because our Savior, our God, and our King commands it. It's kind of like when when we became uh, citizens of this, of this country, what did, what did we have to do? We had to go uh, 
well, to an office up the road here. And we had to, to raise our right hands and state our names. And we, we took a solemn vow to be obedient to, to the queen and, and her, her successors and, and that we'd be obedient to the laws of this country. And then we were given this, this certificate showing that, that we belong, that we're citizens. Uh, baptism is, is essentially a, the certificate that says you're, you're part of God's kingdom. You're, you're a citizen. You're, you're part of God's people. Jesus commands us to be baptized and to baptize others because this is how he, he sets apart his people as belonging to him. And that's what we see in the, the sign and the seal. The outward sign of, of washing with water is a, a symbol both of, of cleansing and the, the cleansing work of Jesus 